0: ready today i tell you i bless god for each one of you thank you so much for being with us today it's a blessed day in here because i can feel the presence of the lord and i know my blessing is right now it's right now close your eyes and pray with me god we love you we thank you for what you're about to do have your way in this place, moved by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Look at someone and just wave at them this morning from across the room while we keep this social distance and just tell them, there is power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, to break every chain. There to break every chain. In the name of Jesus. That's it right there, right there, right there.
1: There is power in the name of Jesus.
0: Say it, Gloria. Say it right there.
1: There is power in what you going to do break every chain break every chain break every chain that's it that's it break every chain break every chain
0: break every chain well there's an army right there's an, army There's an army rising up There's an army rising up What we're gonna do, yeah Break every chain Break every chain, break every chain. Would you help us? Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Everybody, let's break it. Break it. Break every chain, break every chain. I feel that right
1: there. Chain, break every 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 chain. Go ahead, say that right there, say that right there.
0: bless the name of the Lord. The Gospel of Luke gives us a word this morning and it's in Luke chapter 4 and it's a chain-breaking message that Jesus gives in verse 18. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, the cover of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is his liberation message, and I want to talk again from the theme Break Every Chain. This is part two. Break every chain. You can take your seats in the sanctuary. In the time allotted to me of what I have left, I wanna talk through just a few things. (sighs) It's interesting to me when one thinks about it. Bondage is something that a lot of groups of people know. Being subjected to someone else's whims and desires being put into forced servitude, being put into a servile position, and even being made a slave to sin. It's something a lot of folk know about. You see, addiction is slavery to sin. It's bondage the same way. And all of us can think about what it means that when we ask and I make the declarative statement of break every chain, you know what it means for you. You know what chains are holding you. And if you resist the opportunity to think about your chains this morning, then you will have failed in getting what God wanted you to get out of today's message. Because it's not good enough for you to simply think in biblical terms, without practical personal application. What does it say to me today, Lord? What does it say to my life? What things do I need to break? And not all the things that need to be broken in our lives are sins. Some of them are oppressions against us. Some of them are relationships that we should not have had and entered into that need to be severed. We call them soul ties. Not a matter of doing something wrong. If you look at the list and the litany of those who are listed in the text, the litany of people listed in the text do not appear to be any who have done anything bad unto themselves. You can be poor or broke without ever having done anything wrong. There are people who are born into families that are millionaires and gazillionaires, and there are people who are born into families that are in poverty. You don't have to do anything to be broke. There are people who are struggling with their non-sightedness that did nothing to get to that place. You don't have to do anything to get there. Oh, you you don't have to do anything to become a part of the family of the oppressed. Just keep on living. And believe me, some women will be willing to oppress you in order to make themselves look impressive. It's just a matter of walking around every day. I think about South Africa and many of us were around during the strong, long and strong, protracted struggle to break down apartheid. And the United States was in a curious position during that time. Because we did not have any major financial holds over South Africa, we really could not quite bend their will. And I would say we didn't have the resolve to do it either. But beyond that, There were a lot of people in the U.S. who were pro those black South Africans and pro breaking down the strains and bondages. A lot of people here could see themselves there. And so there became protest march all over the country. And the way in which to gain leverage on the the South Africans was to take companies here that did business there, and instead of protesting the South African embassy, to protest the companies that were doing business there. And ultimately, those companies did what the government of the United States couldn't do, because they ended up putting pressure upon the South African government that helped with the collapse of apartheid. That didn't come until after a long, protracted struggle. And and there's one point in time when President Reagan met with Bishop Desmond Tutu, And, and President Reagan was talking about how much better things were getting for black South Africans. And Bishop Tutu responded to him really simply by saying, we don't want our chains made more comfortable. We want our chains removed. That's powerful. We, We want real change, not change that appeases you but leaves me in the status quo. We want broken chains, not loose chains. what you have to realize is right now, the nation is in the midst of this, this is our nation, is in the midst of a correction of history. And everybody is so upset about critical race theory. I wonder where that upsetment was when they were telling the big lie, when they were rewriting the purpose of the Civil War. Where was, that? Where was that let's get history correct when they were building statues and monuments to those persons who were there in the midst of committing war against their own nation? Where was that let's write history correctly? Because see, what people don't want to do is they don't want to remember the truth. Critical race theory is not about having one race superior to the other. It's about letting everybody know how race has played a role in many aspects of American life. It's not about making someone superior. It's not about trying to bind up and make others feel inferior or make someone feel guilty about the sins of the past. It's about correcting history so that history reflects exactly what happened. You can't unwrite slavery. And if one thinks about it, you—most you, of you—are are pretty uh, uh, older in, in here. A lot of you are. A couple of young people who are here, to stay. But, but a lot of you will remember when you were in school, the course that did American history that talked about slavery. The pages on slavery were probably less than a paragraph. A paragraph to cover hundreds of you, You, come on now. You cannot act as though hundreds and thousands upon thousands of people were not brought here against their will and were not enslaved and try to act like it didn't happen. You can't erase the truth. But it's not just about color. It's about trying to get it right. Because when that statue yesterday was lifted of General Robert E. Lee and hoisted off of his pedestal, it was just one more reminder. Yeah, they picked that statue up. General Robert E. Lee then lifted him up from Charlottesville, and they carried it out from its place. And the crowds erupted in cheers. The crowds celebrate. And the reason why they could celebrate is because they recognized it was a long time coming. It's been nearly five years since the Unite the Right rally in 2017, when racists were so infused and so upset about people asking for liberation that they ended up taking the life of a wonderful civil rights supporter. They ended up speaking their truth with all kinds of violence and wickedness. And so when Stonewall Jackson was ripped away, when other mines were taken down, people celebrated, but don't celebrate too much. Because these statues are not at fault. These statues are only symbols. They don't belong on public property in the midst of the display, as though someone should go by and worship them, but they don't need to be destroyed either. They should be placed in museums and talked about in their context. You don't destroy history. You tell the story. You uncover it. For us to think that the breaking it down is a way of erasing the past makes us as bad as the rest. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. <laughs> I gotta hurry. I, 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 we need God to break bondages. I can only imagine as I sit here today the great, 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 great grandson of a former slave. My my great, great grandfather has land in Alabama called the Watts Plantation that he bought with his ex because he could neither read nor write. I sit here now trying to visualize what those children of Israel might have been experiencing on the day Jesus goes into the temple. He's at synagogue. He shows up. But think about the stories I've just told. He's there in a land that is occupied by Roman soldiers. He's there. They're going about their daily pathways, but they live bound by prejudice. They live bound by the biases of their, People, they live within the greed of their own systems that have made their brothers and sisters so capitalistically minded that they would take advantage of each other and tax each other in ways in which to ingratiate themselves. They're there. There would fake kings who are only puppet rulers. They're there with fake leaders of synagogues, who only partially keep the law and the rules of God. They're there! And they have not heard prophetic word in years. They're there! Scratching out survival, trying to make it in the midst of the world. They're there! They have the illusion of freedom. Not freedom! the illusion of freedom. You can move about in a confined space, but only at our women wish and desire. And at any time, your life could be taken from you. Because the stuff he's talking about here in this text is indentured servitude and slavery. The oppressed in this text are those who have been forced into working for a living under people who have taken their life and livelihood and only give them enough substance to survive. These people are there. It's been silence from heaven But the silence from heaven didn't diminish the hope on the earth. The silence from heaven did not diminish their hope. They are hopeful. They're there praying. They're there tarrying. They're there waiting on God to do something. These Israelites, they had to rely on the prophecy of Isaiah. As a beam of light in the darkness of despair, it would be that prophecy of Isaiah. That that prophecy that would tell them that that one day it's gonna get better. That God's gonna work it out. That God's got somebody that's that's greater than this situation. You see, sacred writings replace human prophecy. Sacred writings now are standing there and they're being held up and lauded because there there is no word, there's silence. The hope of ending the forced occupation was based on this simple thing, that if he did it before, he'll do it again. Same God right now. Same God back then, y'all. If he did it before, he'll. I, I, let me. Can I take a quick moment to praise him right here? Because somebody in here ought to join them in recognizing if God has ever broken a chain for you before. I wish I had some help right there. He'll do it again. If he's ever delivered you before. I'm trying to hurry up. He'll do it again. Babylonian captivity occasioned the Isaiah's prophetic word that better days were on the horizon. Better days, better days, better days. Better days are coming, that, that, that's what the prophecy means. That, that's what it means. It means that, that, that better days are, are just around the bend. Ezra and Nehemiah allow us a glimpse at the stages of the return to Israel. They allow us a glimpse of, of them coming back and, and now trying to rebuild and reestablish. It allows a glimpse at post-Babylonian captivity that they tried to go back home and start all over again, but starting all over again is going to be hard. It's rough, and they get going, but wall repair and gates replaced and fortification put in place were no match for future occupation. They could rebuild the physical walls of the city. They could re-put the gates back on their hinges. But it was no match for what would happen. But on this day, on this day, the prophet from Nazareth arises, reads the word of the divine declaration, and steps back and declares the weight is over." Y'all, y'all missed it? If you had gotten that, you'd be ready to run right now. You need to tell yourself right now, the wait is over y'all missed it you missed your shout right there the wait is over it's over you've been through enough now you've gone through enough trials you've been through enough tears you've had enough depression you've had enough sorrow you've been sitting in the corner not now but now the wait is over the fulfillment is now the fulfillment is now, the fulfillment is now, it's now, it's now, it's now, it's now. The fulfillment is now. Uh, I, 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 I want to work it just a little bit. Uh, Jesus demonstrates in this moment, in this moment, he demonstrates three things. He demonstrates three things. The first of which is a messianic foretelling of the prophecy. Uh, and that's declaration. He demonstrates a declaration. He, he, he comes up and he demonstrates the messianic foretelling, you, the, the idea of Messiah is savior. And he demonstrates this messianic foretelling of prophecy. He makes a declarative statement. And unless you think that this is a simple statement, you need to realize that when Jesus is reading it, it's one thing, but his commentary about it places him in another place. Because what Jesus, as he is reading it, he is really reading, this is a radical cry against injustice. Come on to church with me. I know y'all trying to pick me up. So get this here. This is a radical cry against injustice. Now you got to know something. The children of Israel know something about Messiah's coming up. There have been men and women who, particularly men, who have come up and have been there and have gone things and they've done revolutionary activities. So so when he declares this, they might be thinking he's just another messiah, just another liberator, and he's not the kind they're thinking about. He, he they, They've had all kinds of Radical word, you see. The Maccabees came through, and they—they they were so radical. They helped Israel to get back to the basics of divine worship. It was them that went and had worship and made people quit worshiping other gods, even if by force. It is the Maccabees' celebration that we have at Hanukkah of the eight days, where the oil, which should have run out in one day, lasted for eight days. It was those footso. Soldiers, those revolutionaries, and when Jesus says this is fulfilled in your hearing, they were hearing Him say, "Here's a revolutionary. <clears throat> this is a battle cry for human dignity and freedom." Preach was. Because you and I need to recognize that we need to join with others and with God because we always ought to be on the side of the oppressed. Because when you know God in your life, God always cares. James Cone put it like this. God is the God of the oppressed. And Jesus was declaring, I am the God of the oppressed. I feel like preaching today. (laughs) This is, this is, this is a battle cry. A battle cry for human dignity and freedom. It's a battle cry for human dignity and freedom. It's a battle cry for human dignity and freedom. Not only that, it's a manifesto of liberation. It's a manifesto of liberation. It's, it, it's, this is my manifesto. This, this is what I'm about. Uh, I can only imagine Jesus speaking those words and then looking back at everybody and saying, how you like me now? I'm quite sure he didn't use those words, but that's what he meant. I got to rush, I got to rush, I got to rush. It's the messianic foretelling of the prophecy and declaration, but number two, it's the messianic function of the prophecy in deliverance. In deliverance, in deliverance. Uh, let me, let me, let me work this note for a second here. You've got to understand something, and, and I'm going to come back and push this a little further next week. I, I'm just going to toss these out at you because I don't have time for them. But you've got to understand, God is calling for a radical release. He's calling for a responsible recovery, and he's calling for a recuperative restoration. I don't have time to work it, but understand something. God's getting ready to make a radical release. There's some things that are tied up that God's getting ready to loosen up. There's some things that have been bound that God's getting ready to set free. There's some stuff that God has assigned for your life that the enemy's been holding up that God's getting ready to release into your life. There's some blessings that you have not yet received that God's decreeing and declaring that He's about to break the chains that are binding your blessings. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll come back to it. I'll come back to it. I got, I got, I got two more minutes. Just give me your, let me get, get two, just two more minutes. The last point I want to make, the last point I want to make, I'm, I'm going to be done, 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 I'm going to be done. Because that's, we, we're going gonna to camp out on this second point next week. We're going to camp out on it. I I may rephrase it, but we're going to camp out at it because I want to talk about what this deliverance means. I want to talk about this deliverance here because I I do believe But, but, But then number three, number three, it is not only the messianic function of the prophecy of deliverance, but it is the messianic fulfillment of the prophecy, the deliverer. The deliverer. The, the, I said the deliverer, yeah. I said the deliverer. Yeah. It, it, the old church used to sing a song, say, he brought me out of the mire clay. He placed my feet on a rock to stay. He put a song in my soul today. A song of his praises? Hallelujah. You you don't get a hallelujah until you've been bought out of something. And you don't come up out the Murray Clay without having been dirty. But I'm so glad the God I serve can handle Chain. He break every chain he breaks. Every chain he breaks. Every chain. Have I got a witness? Uh, won't he do it? Uh, won't he, won't he, won't he, won't he? Won't he do it? Uh, is there anybody in here that knows God uh, has broken some chains in your life? Uh, is there anybody in here that knows that God uh, has done something for you that nobody else can do? Well, I know he'll break everything. He breaks. Uh, 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 he breaks. Hey!
1: Hey! Yeah, it's-
0: Look at somebody and say, neighbor, I know who the Messiah is. Jesus is the promised and expected deliverer of the Jewish people. But not just them, me also. Look at somebody telling, He, He delivered me I gotta stop y'all I gotta stop y'all but he delivered me he delivered me he delivered me he delivered me me. but I got news I'll talk next week I got news because he didn't just deliver me one time because I didn't just mess up in my past. I didn't just mess up in my past. I didn't just mess up in my past. I need God every day. This is the word of God for the people of God praise be to God. I want to extend an invitation today. Maybe there's somebody who's heard the word of the Lord and who says to themselves, I want to be a partner with that church. Uh, you, you know who I am. You know who we are. As saints of God, I want to invite you to come, give your hand, to a minister, give your heart to the Lord. If you are watching us now via the internet, via YouTube, via Facebook, If you're listening to this podcast, call us, 860-443-6046, extension 110. Get in touch with us. Leave us a phone message. Leave us a text message. You can even email us. Become an I member. You can become a part of this fellowship from wherever you are. Your loving kindness towards me, your tender mercies I see. Day after day, forever faithful towards me, always providing
1: for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mercy, I
0: see. Saints, I want to just help you now. If if you're listening and you need to give your life to the Lord, I told you how to contact us. But I also want to tell you about Jesus. Simply this, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, the Bible says you shall be saved. And what that means is believing that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God and confessing with your mouth that he is Lord. And boxes with that, you're saved. And so I want to welcome you to join me in receiving Jesus. Father, we bless you for someone listening now. May they give their life to you. Maybe somebody listening now needs to give their life afresh. I thank you that they're doing that right now and establishing a fresh commitment in Jesus' name amen wherever you are in the sanctuary online you can give to the ministry of God you just take and get your offering wherever you are if you'd like to leave your offering in the back leave it with one of the ushers on the way out or you can give as we've been doing for the last few months of the pandemic you can give through cash app givelify or by mail I've been trusting God that's all I've been doing and uh, I just believe God will provide so continue to serve, continue to give, continue to be faithful. So get your gifts. I believe, Father, I thank you that you give seed to the sower. And I thank you that you rep- reminded us that you would bless the tither and you would bless their storehouse and open up windows of heaven that they'd have, have blessings that they have room enough not to receive. Do it for us now as we respond with our gifts.